0: Hello and thank you once again for joining us here on India on 99.94. I'm your host, Nikesh Rugani, journalist, broadcaster and commentator based in the UK. And my co-host, as you can see, Sara Waris of Wisden out uh, in India. Sara, whereabouts are you now and, and what's the weather like just before we kick off? Because we're in the middle of what is supposedly a heat wave here in the UK. I know Indians probably wouldn't consider this a heat wave, but it's pretty uncomfortable right now. Whereabouts are you? What's it like?
1: I'm in Lucknow. Hi, Nikesh. I'm in Lucknow. It's in the mid-40s for the last two, three months. Whew. Expected to be well over 30 till at least October. So, okay, yeah.
0: Okay. I, I might just stop right there then, because we're sort of in the mid-30s at the moment, which is a, a massive heat wave for the UK. We've been up to sort of 38 at times. That's um, a luxury here. In, in, in yeah, <laughs> but we're not, we not—we haven't got the infrastructure, you see. We've got a massive problem in the UK. We're not prepared for the snow in the winter. When the snow comes, everything comes to a standstill. Whole country stops for several days or whatever it might be. Same in a heat wave. We, we just haven't got the infrastructure. We don't expect it. We expect sort of 25, 27 max, maybe the odd one or two days touching 30. But late 30s is something we're unprepared for the the sale of sort of paddling pools and and things like that are, yeah. uh, are through the roof at the moment um here in the UK as people just just try and cool off there's no air conditioning in homes and and things like that so uh, we are struggling at yeah, the moment air but, um, yeah air conditioning helps
1: it's on literally 24/7 yeah, here just
0: I find myself just driving around in my car just to get the AC or or going to the local supermarket or or the shops or whatever it might be, just to get some uh, some light relief from the hot weather. But anyway, enough (laughs) about me moaning. Um, We're here on our our third official episode and uh, we've got something really interesting to kick off the show this week. Uh, You would have seen the news. um, Trent Bolt, New Zealander, former Mumbai Indian, you know, played for various IPL franchises. Across his time, the Rajasthan Royals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's 33 KKR. years old. KKR, of course. <laughs> I knew you'd mention that. Um, 33 years old. He's played 78 Test matches. He's he's coming towards the end of his career. He's only played 93 ODIs, which actually surprised me when I looked up his stats. So World Cup runner-up in that format, in the T20Is format as well. Runner-up in in both World Cups. World Test Championship winner as well. So he's been right at the peak of uh, New Zealand's cricketing prowess in in recent years. He's been such a key member of that side across all three formats. And he's probably got at least three years in the tank, even as a fast bowler as well. I mean, you look at Jimmy Anderson, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going on until he's 40. Trent Bolt could do the same. He's a fit guy. He's he's doing well, still in the wickets. But he's decided to step away from his New Zealand central contract. And that, that could potentially signal the last that we've seen of him turning out for the Black Caps. Uh, And uh, I know this is an Indian cricket podcast, but we'll get to the Indian link in just a moment. First and foremost, are you you surprised by his decision at 33?
1: I am surprised, but it's not unexpected. Like in the future, you can expect after Ben Stokes' uh, ODI retirement, there was a lot of talks on the future of international cricket, ODI cricket, so to say, uh, but with Trend Bold now stepping away to possibly play in more domestic leagues, you can expect um, more such players to do so. It's not really a surprise, so kind of you expected this to happen and it's just taking shape now.
0: Well, here's the deal, right? So we mentioned he plays in the IPL and he's got so many other options now and more so going forward to just play franchise cricket all year round. I mean, we had a situation in England, um, just to link it in as well, where Andrew Flintoff uh, towards the end of his career was talking about potentially, I think for the last year of his career, actually didn't opt into a central contract with England, but his career didn't go on as long as he would have liked. He retired slightly prematurely because of injuries and and fitness issues and things like that, and just opportunities elsewhere outside of cricket, which he's gone on to be really successful at, TV personality here in the UK and uh, around the world with Top Gear and and various franchises. Um, That was slightly different, but he, he sort of mentioned, you know, the fact that he could almost become a freelance cricketer in this modern world of T20 franchise competitions going on across the world and uh, this is what is happening now by the looks of it. This could be the first of many. I mean, Bolt has got the option of the IPL, potentially the PSL, the CPL, the Big Bash, the UAE League or the South Africa League. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, potentially he, he could be playing 12 months of cricket without having a central contract and making a lot more money as well. And at 33, coming towards the end of his career, got a young family, might get injured, that might end his career prematurely as well. You, you, I suppose, got to make as much money as you can when you can, right?
1: Obviously, it's like the players are getting more aware of their value um, and it's just a case of demand. They are in demand and they know that and it's all about securing their life, uh, especially from countries that don't pay a lot. Uh, It's about you know, just choosing what offers you more money for a lesser amount of, probably less amount of hard work, uh, which is something that you would also do and I would also do. So it's kind of wrong to blame these cricketers saying that they are choosing club over country because it's something that every working profession would want to do, like earn more money for, you know, lesser amount of... Uh, hard work so it's not something which um, bold he's got criticism for it but uh, it's something which a lot more players would do in the future
0: and india seems to be at the heart of all of this doesn't it this this move towards extending yeah. franchise competitions uh, extending the length of the current competitions as well there's talk of the ipl eventually Expanding the men's IPL to twelve teams, and and that will you know potentially be a three month competition, and and it will just keep getting bigger and bigger if if they can make more money out of it, and if there's enough interest in it in India, primarily because of the audience of one point five billion people. I mean, you don't really need anybody outside of India watching it or, or caring about it beyond you know maybe watching the finals or whatever. But as long as the Indian audience is interested, there's there's so much money to be made. The players are all contracted to the BCCI in India. They control the IPL and they can force the players' hands and say, look, you know, we're going to have a four-month competition, a five-month competition, and we're going to have less international cricket going on in the future. Take it or leave it. Take your contract or or we'll find somebody else because there's a long queue of players willing to to take those opportunities. And then you look at the ownership model as well. I mean, you just got to look at the... South Africa League and the UAE League, which both begin early next year, both clash with each other as well. And some of the franchise owners in India don't care about the conflicts as well. I mean, Mumbai Indians have got a franchise in each competition. Um, Chennai Super Kings in South Africa, as well as Lucknow, Sunrisers, Hyderabad, Rajasthan Royals, Delhi Capitals, all their owners have got franchises in South Africa, all of those franchises, in fact, have been taken by Indians. And then the UAE as well, massive, you know, most of them are owned by uh, current IPL franchises there as well. So
1: it's, it's the League Indians as really well.
0: making that move, isn't it? Uh, making the move towards, yeah. you know, just just yeah. having franchise cricket all year round.
1: Even in the CPL, like we've already seen Rajasthan yeah. Royals and Trinobago Trim- Knight, yeah, Knight Riders are there. Um I would say that. Uh, can you repeat your question for one second? Yeah, yeah, so
0: I mean, it's it's the Indians making the move, isn't it, towards this franchise cricket all year round? The the Indian owners uh, from the IPL, you know, buying up franchises around the world. They're they're really at the driving force of this, aren't they? And and yeah. it's, it's obviously all to do with audience numbers, brand, and and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: Um. The ICC has given the IPL a dedicated window and it won't be a surprise if in the future each of these leagues has its own window. So, you know, what will happen is the international players will be available to play these leagues, the South African League, even the CPL, the UAE League, uh, which will increase the demand for these leagues even more. Uh, So it's, yeah, the IPL is driving it forward. The IPL owners are driving it forward. And I won't be surprised if the ICC in the next few years uh, just say, okay, this is the period where the CSA T20 League is being held and there'll be no international cricket then. So it's not only about um, IPL being, you know, taking over the world of global T20 leagues. Uh, Very soon, these other leagues will also, you know, have a name of their own, so to say, and will attract the biggest of bigger um, superstars in the world of cricket.
0: When you compare it to football, cricket, yeah. let's let's do that for a second. Because look, you look at the IPL owners, and they're obsessed with Premier League football. The success that the Premier League has had is only really Premier League football in England that is bigger than the IPL as, as a global brand in terms of, um, you know, well, actually it's the NFL in America that's got a bigger TV rights deal. In fact, the TV rights for the IPL are worth more than the English Premier League as well. But as a product, probably globally, the Premier League is is the prob- probably the only one which is bigger than the IPL and, and franchise cricket the way it's going. If they were to create some sort of model where, I suppose club cricket, you could call it in inverted commas, franchise cricket basically, just playing for these city-based clubs, franchises, whatever you want to call them, is the way forward, particularly in T20 cricket. And and there's talk of first-class cricket as well coming under that franchise model, certainly here in England. And, um, you know, it it could happen uh, in India. That wouldn't be a great surprise as well. So just that move towards we'll prioritise this, we'll make all the money off the T20 leagues around the world We'll have the odd international competition. There's there's no harm in having a T20 World Cup or uh, a 50 over World Cup. Arguably, 50 overs you know could, could be the one to go if anything was. But then certainly a, a World Test Championship and and maybe you know some sort of knockout competition in terms of the World Test Championship. Just a short form over a couple of months. Uh, you know, five or six sides involved. Uh, whoever still cares about Test cricket in the future. I mean, we're, we're heading into. Very different territory at the moment. It works in football because you've got your club football, you have your odd international competition, don't you, from time to time. You've got your, your FIFA World Cup, you've got your Euros in, in Europe and maybe the Copper America in South America, are the two biggest ones, AFCON as well in Africa. So you've got your once every two, three, four years, whatever it is. I mean, the Copper America, that's a rule unto its own. They they do it whenever they feel like it. There's no set pattern, uh, but it's usually once every couple of years. Uh, FIFA World Cup every four years, Euros every four years. Could we see the same thing in cricket where we just have a T20 World Cup once every two years maybe? And then maybe a World Test Championship every two years and and maybe only Four, five, six sides really care about Test cricket and are involved in that. Are, are we heading into that football territory?
1: I would say so, because um, even if one player, one top player from, from every team goes the trend Bolt way, international cricket, like the standoff of international cricket is going to decline. Um, so... Indians are not allowed to play in T20 leagues currently, which I think might change because obviously someone like Mumbai Indians, the owner, they might want uh, an Indian to play in the uh, Cricket South Africa League. You can't be... um, You can expect, like, Indians are allowed to play in these leagues in the future. uh, And BCCI might have to give permission for that. So, uh, if that is the case, uh, if top players, if Rohit Sharma, I don't see how long Rohit Sharma will continue playing cricket, international cricket. He's already 35, 36. Uh, If Bumrah, for example, wants to play in these leagues... Uh, BCCI will have to allow it because there's obviously the IPL owner connection and it's a very vast uh, network now. Uh, so international cricket will, like, as you said, it will go the football way. Um and I just had a question to you like do you think Indian players do you see Indian players being involved in this league in the near future probably the next year or so or do you think it's still some time away uh, because Indians are not allowed currently so
0: yeah well Indian yeah. men certainly are Indian yeah. women
1: women are men are. but that's because
0: yeah. they they haven't really provided them with uh, any you know sustainable way to make a really good living over in India. There's there's no women's IPL as we currently speak, although there's there's more reports coming out that that definitely will happen next year. But we're, in the absence of that, that's the reason why the women are allowed to go and play yeah. in countries like Australia and England in the 100 at the moment, which you know, there's only three taking part in the 100. There were five last season um, as well. Um, but once there is a women's IPL, are they going to be able to stop them? Probably not because the precedent's been set now. And it will go the same way with men. I don't know if it's going to be in the next year or so, but you're right. You could see Jasprit Bumrah on a year-round contract with the Mumbai Indians franchise or the MI franchise, as they would call it around the world, MI Cape Town, whatever it is, MI Emirates, I think it is in the UAE League. They might buy one up in America and, you know, it's, it's just going to go on and on. And Bumrah could have a, a year-round contract to play T20s for, for the MI franchise, He might not have an Indian cricket contract. There might not be any more central contracts. You might just get selected once every couple of years if if you're good enough to play at a World Cup. And, you know, if it is going to go completely down the football model, that's how it will be. You don't see, you know, Harry Kane with an England football central contract, do you? Because if he's not in form or whatever it might be, he's not going to get picked for England. So there's no guarantees with that. With international cricket... It's basically, you're you're playing 85, 90% of the time, you're basically playing friendlies, aren't you? If you are going to compare it to football, you're playing friendlies, bilateral series, unless you're maybe in the World Test Championship, but in in white ball cricket, bilateral series, they're all friendlies, aren't they? That's all they are, if you look at it like that. Yes, they make money. Yes, they get the crowds in, but so could a franchise competition as well, and that's That's where it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how many players are on board with this, and, and how many, if you throw millions at them, are just going to get on board with it, even if they're not initially. And I suppose it comes down to how much passion is there to play for your country. Well, there might be great passion, but you might then argue that, well, we can do it in World Cups, and, and that's you know I'm trying to win something for my country there on the biggest stage, that's that's where I'll show my passion towards my country. rest of the time, I'm loyal to MI or RR or KKR or whoever it might be, whichever franchise uh, you're you're a part of around the world. It's very, very interesting times. Um, and, uh, yeah, it would just be really interesting. What, what do you think? I mean, let's go back to sort of just post-war. I mean, pre-war, pre-Indian independence, it was kind of like your CK Naidus, your Vizis and, and people like that who were the Indian test captains. And, and they were basically, you know, just, just rich boys who, who got the job because of uh, who they were, right? They, they weren't necessarily any good at being a captain or whatever. But, you know, maybe your Lala Amanats and yeah. Vijay Hazares, Tiger Padaudis, all these great captains of India in the past, test captains as well, so passionate about playing for their country what do you think they would make of of this current situation? And not just them, but past cricketers who've put their all into playing for India, playing for that badge with so much pride, seeing the Indian flag waving in the stadium and and nothing means more in the world to them than that. They weren't paid very well. They did it for the passion, a lot of them. You know, yes, we talk about some of the more well-off cricketers in the olden days getting into the test side because of their wealth, their status. But, you know, beyond that a little bit, there were so many cricketers who just played for pride they they hardly got paid anything even up until the 80s
1: i agree but i also you spoke about the players there is also a point about the fans like the purists of the game as you say we have been used to seeing supporting india you know chanting chak de india whenever they win uh, so do you think fans Obviously, the players are shifting towards that because of the monetary benefits. What do you think as a fan like does that interest um a fan a normal watcher of the game, for example, if I am watching I support kkr uh, but after a point during the IPL, I was just like, "It's too much cricket. It's too much of franchise cricket." I just want to support India. I want Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma in the same team and not against each other. Like after a point, I was just like, "Get international cricket back on." Uh, I follow. That's what we're used to, though. Yeah.
0: That's that's because we're used to seeing them in the same side yeah. for India, and it's so good when they are. And you're right, the IPL yeah. drags on, doesn't it? For yeah. for quite a while and it's probably going to drag on even longer and I should know I have to commentate on it every year which is great for the BBC and I'm really grateful for that opportunity but you do get to a certain point in the season where it doesn't matter how exciting that particular match is it's just too much Uh, you know it's just game after game and sometimes they're meaningless towards the end of the group stage sometimes they're not there's a lot riding on them but it's interesting at the beginning, isn't it? Because all the new teams, you know, new makeups of teams, especially after a mega auction like this time around, and then the playoffs or just before the playoffs when teams are vying for those final couple of spots, that's when it's really interesting. Yeah. In the middle, I, I completely understand. Look, when it comes to fans, look, I, I grew up as as a passionate fan of the Indian cricket team. You know, I remember when I was taking my GCSEs, which you know, are a big deal. They're sort of exams you take when you're 16 here and and you've got to do well to then go on and and choose uh, your A-levels and, and, you know, further your education, basically. I remember during that period, India were playing Australia in that 2001 series, and and I would wake up at, you know, I wouldn't just wake up at 3.30, I think it was, in the morning when the matches started. There was a build-up hour as well. So I'd wake up at 2.30 just to watch all the build-up of each day throughout that three-match series, even when India were getting hammered for one-and-a-half tests during that series. And, you know, it's the VVS Lakshman series, yeah. it's the Harabhijan Singh series. You know, it's magical, magical memories, which I will hold in my heart forever. And I don't think I'd wake up at 2.30 in the morning yeah. to watch MI Emirates versus whoever. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. For me, that's not a thing. I mean, there's there's something about test cricket for a start, but just international cricket, just... Yeah following Team India and the lengths you'd go to to do that I just don't think it's there with franchise cricket yet but we're talking about us aren't we we're from a different generation now I mean we're not old but we're not kids we're not eight nine ten just getting into cricket maybe it's going to be different in the future because you know I've got an eight-year-old daughter and she watches Bits of the Hundred, she was watching the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, she she likes watching India, she likes watching England. But if you put like the Trent Rockets in front of her or the Northern Superchargers, you know, funky names, or even Mumbai Indians, whatever in America, you know, MI New York or whoever it might be in the future, these are, you know, they've got bright kits, they've got good branding. You sort of you might sway towards them. You might think you know I, I support a club in football. I'm going to support a club in cricket as well, and a franchise in cricket. And and you know RR is the one for me, or whoever it might yeah. be. It's different. I, I can't speak for for the young kids, and and it's a shame we're not young kids anymore. But you know, for us, it will always be international cricket. But maybe that's just because of the way we've always been used to it. I mean, how how would you feel if if it was just international cricket once every couple of years? Would that, would it be heartbreak for you?
1: Yeah, it's interesting you said that because I remember in 2011 World Cup, I was still in school. I had my board exams then, Uh, not board exams, my final exams. And I told my mother, I'm not feeling well. And I just have a very bad stomach ache and I can't go. I can't give the exam. So my mother had to go to the school, to the principal and get a leave. Like get me excused that I missed the exam. I just told her a few years ago that I was perfectly fine. I missed the World Cup. Uh, I missed the exam <laughs> because it was my, it was India versus West Indies in the World Cup in 2011. So uh, I won't do that for any other franchise cricket uh it's interesting that you also mentioned you know fans as a fan you want you support a team because you have an emotional connect to them I follow TKR because of the KKR connection uh but it's not that I follow them passionately I won't have that emotion I won't be like okay this team is so useless and whatever uh which is why I think that in the future um, the value of cricketers will increase because if say, if a Dhoni uh, plays for a team, Indians will not have a connection with Cape Town, for example. But if a Dhoni is playing for Cape Town, Indians will support Cape Town. So I think in the future these cricketers and their superstardom will increase even more. Uh you know, and their brand value will increase even more, which will in turn help them getting more financial, financially stable, which will be another reason for them to not play international cricket. So it's just, you know, a big...
0: Like MS, you the mentioned other. there, right? Yeah. A- MS could could potentially play till he's like fifty, fifty-five. If if, if this goes ahead, yeah. right, you could see it, couldn't you? I mean, even if he just he, he ends up being, you know, a wicketkeeper captain, uh, yeah. and even if his reflexes do slow down eventually, just a, a non-playing captain or. He'll be there. He'll be involved, won't he? If see, wherever CSK go around the world with these franchises yeah. in the future, he's going to be involved. He's either going to be up in the dressing room as a mentor, as a, a non-playing captain, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this could extend his career by uh, by a long, long time. And, and I suppose, look, is he's the man. It's his side in 2007 against all the odds winning that T20 World Cup or World T20 as it was called then. Uh, final against pakistan the shri catch, catch, joginder sharma we remember it well that was what eventually you know got this love affair going with yeah. with india and t20s they didn't care i mean a lot of the big boys opted out of that world cup didn't they and and you know worked out really well for india <laughs> in the end but it wasn't until that point that anybody cared was it
1: yeah and um you go back to those days, and I just think of the Champions League then. You know, the T Twenty Champions League, which was bring it which, back, yeah, bring it back. which went on for two, three years, then was scrapped because there was no interest. Now is the perfect. Do you know, I time. think that would yeah. that would
0: work well yeah. now, yeah, because the the landscape has changed. In the old days, look, it was it was an Indian sort of idea. Indians for dominating. The Champions League, you yeah. so had to have what th- I think was it three Indian franchises taking part. And there were two from the T20 Blast in England, which is quite a big number given I know, think the there standard were two of competition back in those two. days. Two from Australia, okay. but they were, yeah. in those days they were pretty strong. The Australian franchises. You could argue now the BBL has gone down a different route, and I know they're trying to change that up. Um, but look, all the you know most of the top Australians are not available for for most of the BBL because they're playing international cricket um, during that time. Um, but I think it would work well now. What would you do? I mean, you could even have a hundred franchise yeah, you'd pay T twenty cricket, but you could have one of the hundred franchises from yeah. England. You could have a CPL team, you could have a PSL team, you could have a BBL team or maybe one or two, um, South African T twenty you know, it's it's the, the quality is increasing in franchise competitions around to, the world.
1: If a UAE team qualifies, UAE KKR or and KKR both qualify, it's going to be very tough to have, you know. Who's going to play? Will Russell play for KGA or will he play yeah. for some other team? Well,
0: that's yeah, that's one issue that they've got to contend with as well. But yeah, um, yeah no, it was it was good. I mean, the the trophy, uh, the the trophy initially didn't look that great, and then they brought out this one which looked like the the football Champions League trophy with the big ears, um, the handles on the side as well. So no, it was uh, fantastic memories, and, and Dhoni won that a couple of times as well. What what hasn't he won right in his yeah. career? got a funny Dhoni story actually just before we finish this episode um look I've I've been lucky enough to to interview most of of the greatest players uh that that India have have had that are still alive and and that you know recently played and and are still playing some of them Dhoni as we all know is is very elusive with with giving interviews yeah. and and his time and all those sorts of things and look I've I've never pushed for it the BBC who I've worked for for the majority of my career I've never really sort of pushed for it and sort of invaded his space in in that kind of way. (laughs) But there was an incident at uh, the 2019 Cricket World Cup um, where I came across Mrs Dhoni. And uh, I didn't mean to come across her. Me and my colleague from the BBC were were taking a break in in between commentary stints. And uh, somebody who works for the BCCI, who shall be not named on this podcast, um, invited us to the BCCI box to to go and chill out uh, and just have a little rest, have a couple of drinks uh, and just enjoy a, a nice view of the game. So it was just a little bit along from where our commentary boxes were. Uh, Edgbaston, this was. Uh, I think it was England, India. I think that game where they wore the Orange Kits. Orange I'm, I'm pretty sure it was that game. And, you know, it was a nice sunny day in Birmingham, looking forward to it. So we got to the box and the guy from the BCCI said, look, sorry, guys. Sachin's has just come into the box and there's security and there's like 100 people in there. Um, so we're not allowed anyone who's non-BCCI in the box at the moment. But we've also got this box next door. Go and have a seat in there. Help yourselves to drinks. It's our box. It's the second BCCI box. And uh, I'll come and chat to you guys in a few minutes. So we went to, you know, the, the windows are open for the box. Um, there's some seating just in front uh, of the indoor bit, Um, but we just sat inside because the windows were open, the air was coming in, it was nice. We went to the fridge, got ourselves a beer each, we were sitting at the table, and we didn't really notice who was sitting on the seats outside. There were only two or three people. And then all of a sudden this lady gets up from her seat um, to get herself another drink. And she comes over, gives us a dirty look, and then we realised it's it's, uh, it's actually Dhoni. Um she went to the fridge, got herself a drink, looked at us again, gave us a really awkward look, went and sat down. And then two minutes later, she must have had a word to the guys next to her. This bloke just got up and started shouting the odds. What are you doing in my box? This is my box. And we're like, all right, sorry, we'll, we'll go. But the guy from the BCCI told us and he just wouldn't let us explain. He was talking over us, shouting over us. And I mean, luckily, we knew the security at Edgbaston. And uh, this fellow was was causing a few, I think he'd had a few drinks and he was obviously on a power trip. But anyway, that's, that's my uh, closest mm. encounter with Adoni. And uh, yeah, it, was, it was quite funny looking back at it uh, at Edgbaston uh, that time. But I, I don't think that's going to really put that's me in any of books um, <laughs> yeah. if he hears that. Um, but anyway, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was told to go and sit in a box and it was just a misunderstanding. Um, but anyway, and um, just, just quickly, Sarah, before we go, India have announced their squad for the Asia Cup. Yep. Um, announced it a few days ago, obviously, uh, as we're recording this. Uh, first chance for us to talk about it. What you make of it is it's a pretty strong-looking squad on paper. They've obviously backed the big boys, in inverted commas, but are the big boys, the likes of Virat Kohli and, and all these guys coming back, are they the right choices for the Asia Cup? Because apart from Bumrah, who's injured, Harsha Patel, who's injured, is pretty much what they feel is their strongest T20 squad ahead of the T20 World Cup, which is fast approaching in Australia. And this will probably be a a little bit of a dress rehearsal for that competition. Uh, Are they just going to go with backing what they've always backed and Kohli comes back in at number three, KL comes in uh, at the top of the order and out goes some of the young guns?
1: That's what uh, it seems my first episode, I had said Virat Kohli shouldn't be in the t 20 i side and I stand by it. India have made so much of progression like and changed their batting approach, so to say. But with KL Rahul, Virat Kohli coming in the top three, you wonder, like, is the batting approach again going to change? Because, or... What will, like, you don't know because they've not played. KL Rahul hasn't played a T20I this year. So it's very tough to say uh, what will happen. But seeing the past performances, you wonder, like, can they match up to the batting, new batting standards of the Indian team right now? It's not doubting their abilities, but knowing what has happened, like, and their form, you wonder. Uh, the team is the same. I don't think Avish Khan will make it to Australia. Uh, Shami is not in contention anymore. He's been told by the selectors that he's no longer in the T Twenty A plans. Uh, I think that's
0: a good good move. I, I mean, look, he's a, still a great ODI bowler yeah. for as long as that format does continue, and, and and you know I certainly hope it does. And and Test bowler as well. So they, you know, he's getting older. Goes for a few runs at the end of T twenty matches as well, so uh, that's a fair decision, I think. Bishnoi is well. an
1: interesting pick, but what I really like is the selection of Deepak Huda. He like he's you know fills in so many gaps. He he can be he can bat in the middle order. He can open. He can send in a few overs if, if anyone is injured or India just want one spinner and want to increase their batting depth. So he just adds like. Too many um, areas he fills, so I really like the selection of Deepak Hooda. It, it's just like his career has turned around, like as we spoke earlier. Ever since the incident with Kronal Pandya, he's just like had a great run, which and I'm very happy like for him because he's yeah he's done very well for India.
0: Yep, certainly uh, a very uh, useful cricketer to have in any squad. Uh, bowls a bit as well, of course, bats well, fields well. Um, and has done well in the IPL and, and whenever he's been given an opportunity at uh, India level too. Uh, we'll of course discuss more ahead of the Asia Cup uh, as we approach the tournament. India touring Zimbabwe soon as well. Uh, the cricket is uh, absolutely non-stop. Deepak Jaher
1: is not there, which is very interesting. Yes.
0: Yeah. Deepak Jaher, uh, well, I mean, he was a favourite uh, for a couple of years and uh, no longer in contention. Didn't sort of, you know, he's had a few injury problems. Probably but did really
1: him. Yeah. in the Zimbabwe series and see if he makes it. But We'll see. But there's so we... much competition, yeah. isn't there?
0: Yeah. In terms of those bowling spots as well. well. We'll discuss that in a lot more detail as we approach the Asia Cup, of course, uh, and look ahead to the Zimbabwe series on future episodes. Uh, but for now, uh, look, Sarah, I think I'm going to probably melt if I uh, sit, sit here too much longer. It's very hot here in the UK at the moment. Uh, I'm going to go and have a cold shower or something
1: Drive around in your car.
0: Drive around in the car. Yeah, stick the AC on uh, for a bit or go to the local supermarket uh, just to cool down. Um, So thank you very much for listening once again this week to India on 99.94. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally. I'm uh, at Nikesh Raghani on Twitter and on Instagram. And Sarah is... At swaris 16 on Twitter, where you can find links to everything we do outside of ninety nine point nine four. Remember, if you love cricket, then ninety nine point nine four is the home of cricket audio. Follow them for podcasts and commentary from the world of cricket. Sports stars, they're like superheroes, but they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see.